Sound the alarms and raise the banner. The Vegas Golden Knights are on a three-game winning streak for the first time this season. And all is right in the world, at least for this moment. We'll see how today plays out. But for at least one day, we can all celebrate as if things are back to normal in VGK land. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December 3rd. 2019. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. Hope you all are having a wonderful Tuesday. And you know what? These are this is the kind of good thing about back to backs. You know, we talk about one game the night before, and then we come back the next day, and we're right back where we started. We're talking about another game tonight. So both good and bad when it comes to back to backs. But you know what? Gives us stuff to talk about, especially when you tack on the fact that there was a trade last night. There was actually a trade last night involving the Golden Knights, which we will also talk about uh, in a little bit. But first off, uh, for those of you who are tuning into this podcast for the very first time, I welcome you. Uh, We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, usually Monday through Friday, depending on holidays and all that good jazz. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're more than likely on there. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you like sending emails, you can definitely do so to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So it, it's been a little bit since we've been back in the groove. Obviously, if you heard me yesterday, I've definitely not 100%. I, I don't think I'm still at 100% uh, go, the next day. So... Uh, appreciate you all uh, being patient with me and my voice when it is coming and going. I really hate when it does that, but I uh, appreciate you all being patient with me and uh, dealing with my lack of loudness at this point. I, loudness, I guess, is the right word to you? I, I don't know. But in any event, guys, we do have a load to talk about. Uh, we will start, though, with, uh, well, I guess it's good news. I mean, it's not bad. The second thing that happened last night wasn't bad, but it really wasn't necessary. I guess you can put it that way. Um, but we'll get we'll get the good thing out of the way first. The Golden Knights are now on a three-game winning streak for the first time this season. A 4-1 to victory on the road at the New York Rangers on Monday night. Really a situation where I don't think a lot of people expected Vegas to come out with a win. The Rangers have won uh, four of their last five. I believe they've been on a five-game point streak uh, to that point. And from the moment the, the puck dropped, uh, the Golden Knights took it to the Rangers. And they did so in the first two-plus minutes of the game, and it was the Alex Tuck show uh, scoring two goals, and I believe it was 250 of the game to put Vegas up 2 nothing. The first goal, really not, uh, really not based on skill. Tuck did get a good shot on goal, past Henrik Lundqvist, and uh, the puck trickled uh, behind Lundqvist, stayed above the goal line for a little bit, and then Lundqvist kind of slid and kind of kicked the puck in himself. So uh, good good way to get on the board first. I think it was like the first 50-some-odd 50, 50 seconds of the game. And then on the power play, the tail end of the power play, uh, Tuck takes a pass from Nate Schmidt and deflects it past Lundqvist. And it's 2 nothing, and the Golden Knights are off and running. They were out shooting the Rangers 12-2 to in the first 7 minutes and 29 seconds of that game. Holy hell, that is ridiculous. I, I, I was 
I was extremely shocked that one, the Golden Knights were able to dictate play early on. And the second part of that equation, the fact that they were able to dominate in their own zone, which is something that really they haven't done for the better part of, you know, what, what about a month, month and a half, they haven't been able to string a game together where they dominated in their own zone. And they did, you know, 12 to two in the first seven plus minutes is a ridiculous start. And that would translate over to the second period where the Golden Knights would tack on two more. Uh, Riley Smith with a breakaway, his 12th goal of the season to put him up three, nothing. And then on the power play off a terrific pass from Cody glass, Max Pacioretty with his 10th goal of the season to make it 4 nothing. Brendan Lemieux would make it 4-1, but that is all the uh, Rangers would uh, do when it came to damage. And a 4-1 final, Malcolm Subban with 29 saves, his third consecutive win. Uh, the, the entirety of this Golden Knights winning streak has come with Malcolm Subban in net, uh, which is extremely, extremely good. That's the best you could possibly ask for for the Golden Knights. And uh, the Golden Knights now are 14, 11, and 4. They are still in the thick of things in the Pacific Division. As of uh, last night, they are in third. Uh, Only, I believe, two points behind the Arizona Coyotes for second place and still five points back of the Edmonton Oilers for first. So, again, terrific win for the Golden Knights. We've been talking about this for for a better part of a couple weeks now. The Golden Knights have had this string of winning consecutive games, right? They've had a, they've had a couple of instances where they won back-to-back games, and it's like, oh, the, well, this is a good stretch. Now can they string together a winning streak? Can they string together those third, those fourth straight wins? And last night was a perfect example of what this team is capable of doing when they're humming along, and right now it looks like that Nashville game last week is is kind of the wake-up call. Um, to where Vegas needs to go right now. They dominated New York for the better part of that game. Uh, I believe New York eventually uh, outshot them. I can't, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but they would end up going on to outshoot uh, Vegas for, after you know after kind of trying to dictate the tempo for the second and third period. Um, but, but, but by then, Subban was locked in. He was playing in a standing game. And uh, yeah, and now Vegas is uh, 14, 11, and 4. They're right back in the thick of things. It seems like that right now the mojo is good. And now Vegas has to go on this back-to-back to uh, to New Jersey to take on what could arguably be one of the, one of, if not the biggest dumpster fire in the National Hockey League right now. And uh, I'm talking about the New Jersey Devils who are coming off a 7-1, to one, I, I, I don't know a perfect adjective here, they, they lost 7-1 to one last night to the uh, Buffalo Sabres, who, you know, Buffalo was kind of in that mold of, you know, do we take them seriously? Do we, uh, do we actually think they're a very good team? I'm on the fence of I don't think they're there that yet, but they're playing like it. They, you know, they took Toronto to the woodshed the other night. And now they beat New Jersey seven to one, and now New Jersey comes home. And usually, this is how this works: the team will get the team will lose by like a thousand goals, and then we'll come back the next night and completely beat the team that comes into their barn. It's totally expected. I wouldn't be shocked in the least 
if the Golden Knights lost to the Devils tonight. But you know what? That it, it is what it is. I, I think that when you are playing a team that's pissed off like the Devils are, then you have to expect the worst. And uh, you can't you can't take uh, New Jersey's talent for granted. They still are very talented with Taylor Hall. Uh, P.K. Subban is still very good. Um, and don't forget the last time the Dow or Dallas, the, the last time that, uh, Vegas went into New Jersey, Vegas had a, what was it? A three goal lead and they ended up losing the game in, in overtime. So, uh, can't take this team for granted. You cannot, uh, overlook the devils, no matter how bad they might be right now. Um, they are still a very worthy team and they are still very good, uh, to this point. So we'll talk a little bit more about the devil's game, uh, later on in the show, but we do have to address some news that happened uh, late last night after the game. It was something that had been reported on through multiple uh, outlets uh, throughout the course of the day. Uh, started out, I believe, with uh, David Pagnata, and eventually trickled into the uh, through the local level, and then officially to the national level later on. That was finally confirmed. Um, that the Golden Knights have acquired forward Chandler Stevenson from the Washington Capitals in a trade last night where the Golden Knights will send a 2021 fifth-round pick as part of the the deal. In a corresponding move, the Golden Knights have also reassigned Nicholas Waugh back to AHL Chicago. Um, Not really sure exactly what the purpose of that was, but uh, it does appear that Stevenson will be joining the Golden Knights for their game tonight against the Devils. Um, Stevenson is someone who is not really known as a scorer, but he's a solid defensive player with really good speed. Uh, Think of Will Carrier in that role, and uh, we'll touch on Carrier in a little bit and how I think this trade will kind of work itself out on that front. Uh, but Stevenson has four points in, I believe it was 22 games so far this season. Uh, not really a known scorer, but he does bring a lot of speed and a lot of good forechecking uh, to a bottom six unit. He averaged about, I think, 12, 13 minutes a night for Washington. And, you know, if you're averaging 12, 13 minutes a night in Washington for, for a team that rolls fourth lines, four lines, I guess that's that's not too bad. But this, this is the kind of player that the Golden Knights – can definitely use on their roster for for depth purposes. There's he's a guy who has good speed. He's shown the capability of when he does score, he scores very beautifully. Um, and he's he's that kind of player that you can put him on the fourth line, and you're not really losing much. Uh, you're not losing much production than when you have Will Carrier. Uh, on there, who right now is filling the role of a third-line winger uh, with Cody Egan out week-to-week with an upper body injury. So I I think for... Do do I think the Golden Knights needed to make this trade? No. Um, Obviously, though, there is some familiarity with with George McPhee on his side of things. Obviously, when you make a trade with the Capitals, that's one thing. Um, But in terms of you know, the kind of player, I mean, he's a third round pick from 2012. Uh, so McPhee obviously knows him. Um, I, Vegas really didn't really need to make this move. I, I don't necessarily 
see the purpose of bringing in a guy who is in the final year of a, of a contract who's making a little over a million dollars, um, you know, with the, with this, with the sending ups and the sending downs of certain players, notably Wah and Haig and, you know, all of those guys that the need to bring in a guy on the NHL level who is making over a million dollars when I feel like you've been sending down these guys for cap purposes, um, it really doesn't make sense why Vegas would make this move unless you are of the mindset of which I am, which maybe you shouldn't be. But my theory is this. Will Carrier has been moved up to the third line, as we touched on earlier, with uh, with Cody Egan being out for the next uh, couple of weeks, at least, with the upper body injury. So... Carrier moves up to the third line. Cody Glass now centers the line with him and Alex Tuck. And that leaves a fourth line spot open for someone who can take over Carrier's role, which is, you know, wrecking ball like uh, for checking, uh, generates some sort of offense with their speed. Um, and that's basically, at, to, at least what I think is what Vegas is trying to do. They're trying to maximize uh, Will Carrier's, you know, his the, the way he's played to this point of the season, which he's had a very good season. They're trying to maximize his deservance of being on a third line, while at the same time bringing in a Stevenson who isn't going to score a lot, but he pretty much gives you the same kind of skill sets that Will Carrier gives you probably minus the hitting. I mean, I know there was one point last year where Carrier and Ryan Reeves were 1-2 in the league in hits, and that's a situation where I don't think Stevenson is going to excel at. He's more of a uh, more of a grinder who has the capability of scoring. Uh, if, if he's given some open space, he can definitely score. Um, so I'm not necessarily mad at the deal. I'm more so wondering why. Uh, a deal like this would need to be made. Um, I think that in the sense of why this move needed to be made, you look at it from the standpoint of, is there going to be another move down the road? You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't think this is going to immediately call for Stevenson coming in, Carrier staying on the third line, and eventually moving Cody Eakin out. Uh, that was something that... I saw a couple of times throughout the night, and I was like, I, I don't know if that's going to necessarily happen. Um, but I think it all depends on how Stevenson plays on that fourth line. You know, if he comes in and has a, a solid role playing with no second Reeves, I, I think that, you know, maybe it's something to uh, something worth exploring. You know, you don't need Cody Eakin uh, out there for PK purposes anymore. You have enough penalty killers uh, to where you don't have to worry about him. Um, you really aren't missing anything, obviously, from his offensive standpoint. The new third line last night looked absolutely fantastic. So you're not really missing anything with Eakin being, uh, being out there. So I guess we'll see. We'll see how Stevenson uh, fits in. And, I mean, it looks like based on Nick Waugh getting sent to Chicago last night, um, that it will be Stevenson getting uh, getting the draw in for Vegas uh, tonight when they take on the Devils. So 
be interesting to see how that plays out. It'd be very interesting to see how it plays out in the future. Again, I don't expect this to be more so the end of Cody Eakin, but it's something that I saw last night and I was kind of thinking too, but I think, you know, we're still, we're still a ways away from thinking if Vegas can even move Cody Eakin at this point. So we'll see how it goes. Um, again, Vegas, if you're going to get a new player in there on the fourth line tonight, New Jersey is definitely the team uh, that you want to have them go against, I, I guess you can say. So the obviously big chance for the Golden Knights tonight to get a fourth consecutive victory, uh, taking on the New Jersey Devils. And again, we touched on it earlier. They are one hell of a dumpster fire. Um, they're uh, now with the news that they are actually taking calls uh, for Taylor Hall for Taylor Hall. One, holy hell, like how far the mighty have fallen. I mean, we're literally two years removed from talking about Taylor Hall being the Hart Trophy winner. And now all of a sudden, because the ineptitude in the Devils organization, with a combination of rebuilding, but at the same time not rebuilding because you know you still have a contending team because of the moves you necessarily made to become a better team in the offseason, it's not looking good right now. It's really just amazing, though, to see a team with that much talent literally just not put it together. I mean, you look at Hall, he I think he leads the team in points. God bless him, though. God bless Taylor Hall. He's just humming along right now, and he's just like, if you're going to trade me, trade me. I mean, if, if New Jersey is able to somehow capitalize on getting any sort of value for Taylor Hall – then you might want to take advantage of it, I guess. I, I mean, he, he's going to walk at the end of the year anyway. So uh, it is what it is. The fact, though, that you were able to keep Hall throughout this offseason and basically after adding Jack Hughes with the number one pick, you get Subban, you trade for Nikita Gusev, you still have competent goal scorers on your team, you still have Nico Heischer, you still have Kyle Palmieri, the fact that you have all that talent around you and they're not putting it together, I, I'm very shocked that John Hines is still the coach. I don't know how that's possible. Um, I honestly don't know what the Devils are waiting for. If you're not getting anywhere with Taylor Hall and if you're not trading him yet, then you might as well try and fire Hines and ignite a spark. Because right now, it just it just ain't working for the, for the Devils right now. And it, it's really... Uh, it really is one of the more bigger disappointments in the league right now. I think they're second to last in points. I think they have 22. The only team worse than them is the Detroit Red Wings, who, by the way, the Golden Knights lost to earlier this season. So everything is everything works out the way that it does. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, for Vegas, this is going to be a very – you don't want to – sleep on the Devils because they're very much capable of putting up goals at a very alarming rate. Um, I also believe that this is a game where we will see Garrett Sparks in net tonight, which knowing Garrett Sparks at the NHL level, he could let up three, four goals himself. So I don't know. It's one of those instances where you definitely expect Garrett Sparks to come in and at least allow maybe a goal or two in Vegas to put up four or five and you can live with that. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Garrett Sparks is, 
he's he's Garrett Sparks. He's not good at the NHL level. He has never been good at the NHL level. Uh, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. He's he's probably going to get the start tonight. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure Malcolm Subban will be back in net Thursday when they uh, when they play the Islanders. So fingers crossed that Garrett Sparks does not let up like three goals in ten minutes. I I think that's that's fair to ask, right? That that that's that's fairly uh, that's fairly reasonable to ask. Is that Garrett Sparks does not crap the bed in the first ten minutes of the game? I mean, it's possible, but let, let's hope not. Let's hope not. So I think that'll do it for us, guys. I know it's a little bit of a shorter episode, kind of trying to shorten up the episodes a little bit. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this uh, gets you a little bit through your day. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk about the Devils game. And if Chandler Stevenson does play, we will break down his play and how he did in his first game as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. So, so far, so good. Three wins in a row. Let's see if the Golden Knights can kind of keep this gravy train rolling and, uh, you know, kind of move this win streak to four tonight when they take on the Devils. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK and follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Um, we're going to try and get the mailbag back this weekend. So uh, if you have any questions for the mailbag, please feel free to send them over um, over to uh, Twitter and uh, we'll probably answer them on Friday for Mailbag Friday. Again, with everything that everything that's been going on for the last couple of weeks, we're trying to get back into the to the rhythm of you know getting back into the same old routine. Um, hopefully, we can kind of get back on track with that. So, send in your questions if you have any for the mailbag, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow breaking down another Golden Knights game, and hopefully, they can move their win streak to four. So, thank you guys. Uh, this has been Locked On Golden Knights. I am Danny Webster. This has been the Locked On Podcast Network. And we will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.